Hi, you guys. Welcome back to the Revive Podcast. This is your host, Kennedy. Um, I'm super upset. I came back to Kansas City for Thanksgiving and I left my microphone at home um, and I forgot that I still needed to record this intro for this podcast. So hopefully y'all can hear me right now. Um, Today, I'm so excited for the episode. Me and my boyfriend, Jordan, recorded an episode before I left Houston, um, just about the movie that we went and saw after death. We shared our thoughts, and then it kind of just led to more conversations. Um, so that's what you guys are going to be listening to today, and I hope you all enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. And also, there was mic difficulties when we recorded it, so we only had one mic, and we were kind of going back and forth. So if the audio is weird or it cuts out just a little bit, Bear with me, y'all. Bear with me. I'm still trying to navigate the the technical side of this. But with that being said, let's get into it. Yo, this is like the fourth take. <laughs> this is like the fourth take. But like I was saying in all the other takes that we had, um, I'm happy to be here to all the Revive podcast listeners. I'm excited because this is my first time on the pod. We've had a lot of conversations about me getting on here. And then we're actually like making that happen. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Y'all, she's not taking me seriously. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Come on, we gotta get in that okay, mode. Okay. We gotta get in that mode. Go, right, okay. right. <laughs> um, but okay, let's just get straight into it. Like, oh, forget the formalities. So we went to go see this movie the other day, and I wanted to speak to it because I really did think it was very thought provoking. It was called After Death. It was called After Death. Uh, it was from Angel Studios, so the people who had, like, The Chosen and, um, what was the other movie called? Do you remember? The Sound of Freedom. It was The Sound of Freedom, The Chosen. It's that same studio. They came out with this movie. I had saw the trailer a little bit ago, and I was like, yo, this looks fire. And then Kennedy was hyping it up crazy before I came out here. So he was Don't like, do that. <laughs> you were, Don't do that. He was hyping it up. So I was like, this ain't a coincidence. Like, let's go see it. So we went to go see it, and it was like a... It was like a documentary style type of type of film, but it was still very like it was engaging and entertaining. Like I was definitely on the edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah, I was dozing off a little bit, <laughs> but it's because we had the tenders at the movie. It was a crazy movie theater. y'all. They had chicken tenders. They had whole entrees and everything, um, but it was a good movie nonetheless. But just kind of this baseline starting off like what were your initial thoughts? Well, let's do this. Let's do this. What were your expectations going into the movie before we? before we watched it he said i was hyping it up crazy all i knew was someone told me it was good and i said we should go see it that was the basis of that so i didn't know much i my assumption when we went to go see the movie was it was going to be highlighting how jesus is the way and eternal life belongs to him and it's through him and him alone um that's not that's not what the movie was about though it um like flirted with that idea without necessarily really saying Jesus. It, it gave like a few Bible verses, um, but I thought it was very good and very just, uh, like you said earlier, like thought provoking in the sense of making people aware and start to question. Because everyone, everyone at the end of the day, whether they say they believe in God or believe in a higher power or whatever they believe in, they know once they die it's not over. Like right. I, at the bottom of their heart, they know that this life is not over once we die and it's actually just begun. And so they're they're curious, whether they say that they're curious or not. And at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed and you're dying, you're crying out to someone. You're crying out to a higher power. Whether you want to admit that you're crying out to God or not, 
you know that you are not your own savior. And so in a world that tries to portray this, oh, I got me, you know, I'm good, I can help myself, independent, at the end of the day, you know deep down that you need someone more powerful than you. And so I just thought it was really good because there was um, even like a really skeptical guy in the movie that was like, I really need like, I need proof. Like he was talking about the difference between evidence and proof. And I thought that was good and how, I mean, with the Bible, we have both. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know, it was just really good. And it was good to see the science behind it too. That was really interesting. And I think, I think their mission was to have people leave curious. And I think they accomplished that really well. Most definitely. Most definitely. That's very well said. So out of 10, what would you rate it? Um, Like the movie itself, I wouldn't necessarily say like it was a fun or like good movie to watch. But the information... No, 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 no. <laughs> the information it holds, I'd give it like an 8. But it's Got not you. like a movie, you know? Gotcha. You. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. I, it's, it's, more, it's more informative than anything else. So I get what you're saying. It's not like a Marvel or like a... It's not something that's like action packed. It's really if you're going and you want to like expand your mind, I, I'd say like it's something that you should watch. So I, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And, and so we were having a conversation after the movie when we went. We went to this little spot and we were sitting down outside after the movie. And I was talking about how in the past, I think if I watched that movie, I would have critiqued it in a way where. I didn't like it and I would have been more on the other side of the fence because like you said, it more, it more so flirted with the idea of like Jesus is Lord. He's the only way it, it didn't really blatantly say it. You had a lot of, you had several people who had different, like maybe views. I mean, they, they all pointed to the fact that they had an experience with light, light. They had an experience with a creator, but they didn't blatantly come out and say, Oh, like Jesus is Lord type of thing. And I think in the past I would have been, like yeah i don't i don't like that i would have said it was a bad movie but i think since then in my walk with god i've kind of gotten to this point where with people who don't believe them getting to a point where they they believe there's a creator in general is a big step Mm -hmm. and i'm just thinking about how the word says like if you seek you shall find like it's a guarantee and i think that really has become my mindset with jesus and the truth it's like if you look for the truth, you are going to find it in Jesus. Like, that's how much confidence I have in my Lord. Like, that's how much confidence I have that what I believe is true. It's mm-hmm. like, if someone is seeking for, if someone leaves that theater curious, which is what you said, like, it, it sparks this curiosity, which I think it was very intentional by the um, the director and the person who made it as well, like the producer. And I think they kind of maybe have the same heart that I have. Like, as long as people are le- leaving curious, they're going to find Jesus. Yeah, like, for sure. If they're curious to find truth of like what happens after death, what 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 else is there besides this life, they are going to find that the only answer is Jesus. And yeah, because I think even in their midst of looking for what, even if they go in with the mindset of I'm trying to find an answer apart from Jesus, mm-hmm. them trying to find an answer is Jesus being the only answer that they're inevitably going to all like find jesus no matter what they could go with the mindset of not wanting to find him at all and literally just seeking to have proof that he doesn't exist or Mm. whatever but in in their seat god's going to reveal himself to them 
So I think, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I was, uh, and, and I was reminded of this verse. It's in Judges 6. And just for context before I get into the verse. So essentially what happened was, so it was this guy named Gideon. For those of y'all who don't read your Bible, that's no hate. Like, Yeah. You, what? I, <laughs> the podcast y'all just dropped. Oh, yo, that's hate. That's hate. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, if you don't read it and get into it, no shade, but, um, so it's a guy named Gideon and God comes to Gideon and he's like, yo, my valiant warrior, I need you to lead this army. Okay. Let me give further context. Cause I just started it at a terrible place. Okay. So Gideon was part of the tribe of Israel and they were being oppressed by the Midianites essentially. And so God chooses Gideon to bring them out of their, up under their oppression. And he tells him that he wants him to lead the army that's going to bring them out right so he goes to Gideon and he tells them to he's the son of like this very important guy in the town and he says I need to burn the altar of Baal which was like a foreign god um an idol that they were worshiping he says I need you to burn down this altar and I need you to build an altar to me and sacrifice on this so that's what he does he does it in the night when everyone else is asleep because Gideon's spooky he's scared it says it in the, in the verses I'm paraphrasing but he's scared so he does it at night so everyone wakes up, right? So I'm going to set the scene for y'all. Everyone wakes up. They walk outside. They say, they see a, a heap of ash on the floor and they see an altar to God. And they're like, yo, who burned down the altar? Like, what what happened? So they're, 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 raising, they're raising hell, right? They're like, yo, who burned down the altar? This, that, and the other, right? And this is where we jump in here for context, right? So they're saying, they found out it was Gideon. They're like, yo, Joash, which was his dad's name. Like I said, he was an important guy in the town. They say, you got to bring out your son right now. Like, he has to pay for what he did. Like, we're about to kill him. This is, they're on that type of time. Like, that's how serious this is. They're about to kill Gideon. And then his dad replies, which is such a fire answer. He says, are you going to plead Bell's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dang. Yeah. Dang. He yeah. said, he said, if this god is true and real, he's going to fight his own battle. Like, why are you trying to fight for him? And I think that gave me further language for a mindset that I guess I've had for a while. That's like, I don't, I don't need to fight for God. Obviously, I have a role that I need to play, but that role is simply presenting the truth. I don't past that i believe god to be true so why don't i trust that he's going to show that to everyone else as well i think that's really my thought process so when it comes to you know translating that back to this conversation in the movie it's like i'm i'm not afraid of curiosity which i honestly i think that might be a root for some people when it comes to stuff like this people get afraid of people asking questions and people get afraid of people's curiosity because like oh they're going to be led astray into something else and well, it's like, I'm not afraid of people's curiosity because if I truly believe that Jesus is the truth, like, I don't need to fight for it. Like, people are going to find what they're looking for if he's genuinely the truth. Um, and I know God is power powerful enough to show himself true. So that's also kind of been, I guess, the, the my, my mindset has matured since, since like, a time when I would have disagreed with this movie. I think this is kind of, like, the stance I'm taking now. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go back to something you said about the altar and like how you were saying like if your god is who he says he is, like he can fight his own battles. This doesn't really talk about the movie, but I was reminded of something I read right before this in Hold on. In 
first corinthians 8 and it's talking about the food sacrificed to idols and like whether they, there was a debate like whether you should eat it or whether you shouldn't all this stuff in verse in chapter 8 verse 4 it says in this matter then of eating food offered to idols we know that an idol is nothing in the world it has no real existence and there is no god but one and so i think that just that just ties in it really just reminded me of what you were talking about in the sense of you can search as much as you want, but you can only get so far. Apart from God, you have to hold it up. Apart from God, you have to be strong enough. Apart from God, you have to hold up your idols. That's literally what people in the world are doing now. They're literally nurturing and caring for the things that's supposed to be carrying them. And so it's only like a matter of time until they hit this place where they're tired, they're exhausted, and they're they're like at their wits end. Like they don't they're done and then that's when god's like it was me all along you know yeah no exactly i was uh i'm gonna be honest this has nothing to do with what you just said that was good <laughs> <laughs> that that was really good but i think well it's kind of in the same vein of this conversation about like um god and like false idols and like other things that people can be worshiping and how still speaking to this idea that there's this fear of like curiosity sometimes or like people's questions about the bible or whatever the case may be i guess that's that's i'm generalizing but i guess in my own personal experience kind of in church is like people have kind of been afraid of questions it's like oh well believe this just because like god said so and it's like i'm not allowed to ask any further questions past that because like oh like you're questioning this like you don't really believe i don't know i like think there's just like this fear of like a curiosity which is I guess kind of like what the the theme of what we've been going with so far. And you were talking about the guy in the movie that was like, I need proof. Yeah. Right. He was like, he, I don't know if he was a believer or not. Quite honestly, I don't think he ever really made that clear, but he was just saying how he wanted to study these after death experiences and he wanted like fact or proof. Like what is true? Like forget all of the, spiritual i saw a light i did this i did that like cool that's fine but like is that real like is that true is there proof that this actually happened like that's that type of time he was on and i love that because i think lately i've been noticing that like this sounds so simple but there genuinely is proof which is something i think you kind of said like there's genuine like hard proof Mm -hmm. that jesus is real that jesus is the son of god and i think And really, this is kind of like a call to action to everyone listening as well. It's like, maybe your relationship with God has been anchored in just an experience with him. Your relationship with God has been anchored in maybe church, I don't know, like church experiences. Maybe you encountered his presence. Maybe you got a prophecy. Maybe um, it's stuff like that. But like, I kind of want to urge you to genuinely look into what you believe and why you believe it outside of those encounters. And I think that's something God has been walking me into because for so long it has been just like, yo, I believe in God because what he's been to me, like how he showed up for me, I've experienced his presence. I've seen miracles firsthand and all that's good. And and up until now, that's been good. But when it comes to like evangelism, sometimes it takes a little bit more like to someone else, my experiences aren't proof. Mm-hmm. You know they what I mean? They don't mean nothing. My experience mean jack squat when when I'm trying to like show people that Jesus is real. 
So, like I said, this is like a call to action. Like, really dig into, like, okay, what is the proof that Jesus is real? Like, why is the Bible credible? Like, the manuscripts, looking into, like, you know, eyewitnesses of people seeing Jesus after he resurrected. Um, you know, like, stuff like that. Like, looking deeper into it. Because there genuinely is proof. Which is why I'm also not scared for people to be, like, questioning. Because it's like, yo, I, cause I, uh, how do I want to word it? I'm grounded in more than just my experience. I think when you're grounded in more than just your experience, I think it adds a little bit more to it. Cause it's like, yeah, I can point you to this guy and actually give you like something tangible to show you that he's real outside of just, Oh, this happened to me and that happened to me. So. Yeah, this is going in a completely different direction, but the danger in only having a relationship based on your experiences is when those feelings are gone or like that experience isn't happening you won't know god to be a god that can carry you through that hard season or can carry you through whatever you're walking through it's not until you know the nature of god that you're able to know that regardless of how i feel regardless of what sermons I'm listening to, regardless of who's speaking over me or who's speaking to me or who's giving me a word, Mm -hmm. regardless of all of that. And if all of that was gone, I still have full faith that I'm going to make it through, Mm -hmm. you know, because that's, I mean, that goes with um, the whole idols talk too. It's not until you know God for God and love God for God, not, not for the hand of God that you're able to really confidently share the good news because if you're not confident in it you're not going to kind of like you said you may talk about god and you may go out but Mm. when you know god in his heart regardless of what he can do for you that's when that's when the real fire like gets in your heart of wanting other people to know him you know did that make sense? It did make sense. You're talking good. No, real talk. You're spinning. You're spinning. I was going to say something, but I, I was looking at you and I kind of got lost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I was, I was looking, with you, looking at you and I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, Hold on, give me a second. Give me a second. Because it was good, I think. That's so funny. <laughs> so, kind of kind of segueing back to the movie. Because I I, there was a couple things in the movie that stood out to me. Like I said, it was very thought-provoking. So I guess I'll just ask you what what is something like specifically that happened in a movie that like stuck out to you? Um, don't look at me. <laughs> I would say the one thing that that really was really eye opening was there were there were a lot of um, good stories or not stories experiences of these people you know meeting the light and meeting meaning God, I mean, whether people want to believe that or not, but there were some on the other end of people experiencing hell and going down to hell, which is, which was very scary, very, but very eye-opening too. Um, In one incident, there was a guy, um, I don't remember, do you remember like what he believed before? I think he was an atheist. Okay. So yeah, he was, um, so yeah, he died. I don't remember how it, was that the one that slit his neck Mm-mm. okay doesn't matter <laughs> but he, he died and he was going down to 
going down to hell and he was talking about how it just felt like he was being dropped like in an elevator like so fast and he was wondering like why he was going it was so dark and just like the presence was just the presence was scary the presence was not comforting and he just felt scared there was a lot of fear and he said that as he was going down he was like starting to question and he started to justify himself he started to say like oh, but I was a good person, I did this, I did that, and the more he started to justify himself, the faster he fell mm. down, which is literally highlights the importance of the danger in being self-righteous yeah. and under and, and thinking that your works are what gain you salvation. He started falling quicker because God wants us to know that it's not it's not our works that gain us salvation. It's not our works that hold our salvation. It is His grace and His grace alone, yeah. through His Son Jesus Christ, that that gives us that eternal life. Yeah, I was I was reminded when you were talking and specifically about that experience too. Of uh, well, I guess I actually just spoke to this in one of our episodes in our podcast. Um, it's this parable in Luke eighteen nine. Not the plug. <laughs> Go tap into the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Shameless plug. Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. It's kind of a long read, so bear with me. But Jesus says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. So I think what I really wanted to point out was specifically in verse 12 when... um, the Pharisee says, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Right. So he's saying in verse 11, God, I thank you that I'm not like other like these other people, which I notice how this seems so counterintuitive because he's thanking God and then immediately talking about the stuff that he's done. And I think what's dangerous is self-righteousness will try to dress itself up as humility and meekness when it really isn't like, oh, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But you're still subconsciously and implicitly putting a lot of a lot of weight on your works because he goes to say, well, he starts with, thank you, God, that I'm not like these other people. Then he says, well, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get as if his acts got him to where he was at. Um, So like, you know, kind of reinforcing what you were saying, it's not about anything that you do. Right. The word talks about how our righteousness is as filthy rags before God. So. Don't be like the Pharisee, is essentially what I'm saying. (laughs) And it goes on to say that the tax collector was the one that went home justified before the Lord. The one that was like, have mercy on me, Lord. Right? It wasn't about anything that he did. It was just about... Him recognizing his place. Yeah. In God's place. Exactly. I don't remember the verse, and I can't find it, but... It was somewhere in John, I think. I I talked to you about it. Mm Mm-hmm yesterday when they came to jesus and they were asking him like what works need to be done like what do we need to do to gain eternal life like what what do we got to do because i mean just 
back then, but like even especially the culture that we live in now, it's very tit for tat, very what can you do mm-hmm. for me so then I can do this for you. What are you bringing to the table? But God is the kingdom of God is the complete opposite of what we're living in right now, and that's why we're called to bring heaven down to earth. But that's a whole different story. But it was some somewhere in John, and he was like, um, they were asking Jesus, and Jesus answered, um, "This is the work that you believe." That's the command that we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's the one thing that God asks of us. And so I think it's so important to remember that. And I'm speaking, I'm really speaking to myself because I get caught in these mindsets or these lies sometimes of like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And when I start to think about what what I'm not doing or what I could be doing, I've lost sight of what Jesus has already done. The moment I start looking at all my works, I've already lost sight of the work that Jesus did on the cross. Yeah, so the passage you're talking about is John 6. Well, I have highlighted verse 26 through 29 because I think it's all really good. But specifically in 28 is when they say, what must we do? What must we do to do the works God requires? And he says, the work of God is this to believe in those, believe in the one that he has sent. So it's yeah, John, John 6, 29 is that verse. Dang. What? Nothing. <laughs> Was there anything from the movie that you took away? Dang, that's a real. Or learned from? That's a real thought provoking question. You know that? What? It's the same question you just asked me. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just saying that because I wasn't uh, wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, so something that stuck out to me. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna say this, and then not too much else on the movie because I don't I don't want to spoil too much. Cause okay. There's a there's a lot of other stuff that I want um the people to be excited for. So I want y'all to make sure y'all go tune in. But I'm, I'm gonna give like one thing that stuck out to me. Um, let's see. Oh. You can either talk about the dream or, like, the life-to-life. Mm, what dream? Like, it, you know, the feeling we get. Uh, hmm. Or something else. <laughs> 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 or just scratch that. Don't listen to me. I'm trying to think. Okay, let's see. What is something that stuck out to me? Or did you feel like you took anything away with your own walk? Like, did you learn anything or, like, get convicted in any way? Or mm. were your eyes opened in a new way? Yeah, most definitely. Okay, so, okay, I'm glad you phrased it like that. Because I, I did walk away with, with sort of, like, a conviction or, I guess, a new perspective that I want to apply to my life. So there was this guy in the movie, and um, he had gotten this really bad car wreck. And, hmm. Okay, so he got, I'm not going to get into too much detail. He got in this really bad car wreck, you know. He had his near-death experience. He saw a light. He came back, um, and he was in the hospital bed, and he was he was down bad, essentially. He had a lot of metal in his legs, a bunch of stuff. He couldn't move for, like, months, essentially. And his wife came to visit him, and the first few times, like, he wouldn't say a word. And he just seemed, like, visibly upset. It's kind of like the way that they were depicting it. Um, and his wife was like upset, like, yo, you literally got the gift of life back to you. Like, why aren't you excited? Like, why aren't you excited to see me? Why aren't you excited to see your family? Like what's going on? And then she like storms out and then she says how she sees him crying and then she just felt bad and walked back in and started like hugging him. Like, it'll be okay. And essentially he was speaking to this fact. It's like, 
nothing in this world compares to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And it was like when he got back after seeing that light and experiencing like that warmth and that love, the presence. it was like, he was like, dang, I think he said word for word, like, I wish God would have just taken me. I, like, like I that, didn't want to come back. Yeah, that's what he said. And it also reminded me of this verse that I was literally reading that same day before we went to go see the movie. Um, was it a verse or maybe it was just, um, maybe it was a sermon or something I was watching, watching. But it just gave me this thought. It's like, yo, this isn't, it was a book. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. <laughs> I'm all over the place. I'll be reading too much stuff. It was this book by Miles Monroe about the kingdom. And he was talking about how this isn't our home. Like he was talking about how we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Once we give our lives to Christ, we are citizens. And it's like our faith isn't about religion. It's about citizenship. So recognizing that I'm literally a part of the kingdom of heaven and that is my home. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't my home. I'm just here to occupy, occupy this land. Right. And subdue it. But this isn't my home. And so, and then when I, when I heard him say that, it just kind of, it really hit home for me. Cause I think sometimes I treat this like it is my home. There's nothing wrong with like lo- loving your life here and enjoying your life here. That's not what I'm saying, but I think. But what's the danger in that? The danger in not recognizing that this isn't your home. I think. Or um, not. Yeah. Not recognizing this is your home, but also not, not being aware of your actual home and like kind of what you're talking about, like mm. that's how you obtain the peace, for example, could be like the danger or give anything else. Yeah. Uh, I think the danger of it is hmm, the danger of it is a part of our role as citizens of the kingdom is to spread the culture of the kingdom down here to this earth. So it's like, if I'm, if I'm forgetting my home in the first place and I'm forgetting where I'm from and I'm falling more in love with where I'm at, then it's sort of like I become stagnant mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm sort of like leaving my post because that is a part of our role. A part of our role is to, which is why the Lord literally says like make disciples of every nation. He says, go out and spread my name, like go out and spread my kingdom. That is our job. So if I'm literally forgetting the kingdom and where my real home is, then I'm forgetting like that part of my job because it's like, you know, you be you just become content and you become okay. And I think that's where where I where I was at, low-key. Mm-hmm. So that's why it kind of convicted me. Cause I was like, yo, like this really isn't my home. And also, I think that mindset leads to a lot of stress. Like when I when I forget that I literally live, I'm seated next to Jesus. Like yeah. <laughs> when I forget, <laughs> but that's the thing, like when I forget that all the little things on this earth seem so big. Yeah. Like, but when I compare it to that, it's like, bro, these are pebbles. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also why it's important to recognize this isn't my home because it genuinely gives you such like a peace. It's like, yo, like, yeah, this, yeah, this is happening, but ah, this isn't my home. Like, obviously I still have responsibilities and things I need to take care of. But at the end of the day, like I'm looking forward to something else and I'm seated in other places than where I'm physically standing. Um, so, yeah, that part of the movie, like, stuck out crazy, like, and I'm glad that you brought that back to mind, because I, I really got convicted from that. Yeah, when you're talking about, like, our place, I was reminded of what we talked about the other morning, of just, mm-hmm. we were kind of just, like, geeking at the fact that we really are seated in heavenly places, and it says, and he subjected everything under his mm-hmm. feet, and if we're sitting there right next to him, 
everything is also under our feet. Yeah. And when we forget where we're seated, it's no longer under our feet. It's it's literally drowning us. It's mm-hmm. making it's going above us and pushing us down. Like when we yeah. don't realize where we're seated, then everything else your perception is off. When your mm-hmm. understanding is off, your perception is off. And so then you can't see things for what they are. And then that becomes a hindrance in your walk with God, too, because you're stressed about things that are underneath you. You're stressed about things that you were meant to rule over and have. You know what I'm talking about? Exactly. Like, yeah. And it's it's hmm. and I think the enemy is very strategic, like even in my own walking with that is like. And maybe you can attest to it, like making you forget that, mm-hmm. like trying to get you to forget that. And well. Because that goes into what we were talking about the other day of that's his jurisdiction. Like, mm. where we're seated, he can't touch us. He wants us to forget where we are mm. so that we mm. go into his mm-hmm. land because that's when yeah. he's able to mess with us. Yeah. That's the only time he can touch us, yeah. touch us is if we go into where he's at, which is the carnal, which is the world. Mm. Girl, you tapped in. That's exactly where I was about to go. So, essentially... <laughs> I was going to talk about how, like you said, like, that's his jurisdiction. Like, <laughs> Satan works in ignorance. So, it's like, ignorance is anywhere that knowledge is absent. So, it's like, that's why one of his main, like, modes of attack is to get us to forget. Because once we forget and knowledge is absent, that's where he has do- domain. So, it's yeah. like, hmm. So, it's like, recognizing that, first of all, like, not being ignorant of the... of. Um, Satan's tactics and and the ways that he tries to get you to slip up. Um, But also, like, being intentional about combating it. And, like, I can't forget. Like, I'm not going to allow this obstacle that Satan's putting in front of me to make me forget where I'm actually seated. I'm not going to allow this happening to make me forget this. Because that's what he tries to do. He works in ignorance. So it's about constantly filling your mind with the light. So, like, the ignorance and the darkness has no place to dwell. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. And I think that really just like a practical way is like obviously reading your word, but just um, like declaring that over your life, like every morning before you even get on your phone or before you go into this world that we are living in right now, go into that quiet time, go into that secret place Mm -hmm. and, and remember where you're seated. Because when you remember where you're seated at the beginning of the day, it doesn't matter what happens down here because you know... This isn't this isn't mm-hmm. home, you know. This isn't home. This isn't home. You have anything else to say? <laughs> I, don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I think. Um, did you did you end up rating the movie? I I gave it an eight. Oh, you gave it an eight. Maybe an eight and a half. Okay, I think I, I'm right there with you. I I give it probably like eight and a half. It's a solid movie. Um, so I think the conversation it went the conversation went in a lot of different directions, but I do think that's kind of where the plane started, I guess, and where it's landing <laughs> is is the movie After Death because a lot of what we spoke on is because we said it was thought-provoking and we weren't lying. We weren't lying. Like, th- these were pretty much all thoughts from the movie. Yeah, this is the type of movie that, like, if you have someone in your life that is just not trying to hear anything about God that you're saying, like, mm-hmm. this is a movie that they can go and I promise you they will walk away curious. It may not be curious about God, but it'll be curious about, oh, I've I've put so much focus on my life now, I haven't even thought, because maybe that's the case too. Maybe people just haven't even thought about, oh, what happens when I die? Like, 
like I said at the beginning, everyone knows that this isn't the inn, but since this is their home, they don't necessarily care to find out where they're going after because this has become their home. And so when you don't have a home to look forward to, you're not really trying to seek anything out. So I think it's it will it will cause people to be curious of of where their home is after. Yeah. And then Man, I'm and and I'm I'm thankful for like content like this. So like cuz we were <laughs> we were we briefly made a joke about it. Like sometimes like Christian content be so like corny like <laughs> and it's so I don't know, it's just not it, it's usually not like given what it <laughs> My fault. Uh, <laughs> but um I'm really I'm really thankful for this content and like stuff like this, films like this, movies like this. Honestly, any anything that, hmm, because like you, what you said reminded me of it. You were talking about how like suggest this to someone who like doesn't want to hear anything about God or like any of that. And I feel like it's really good to have spaces, content, things that you can point people to that isn't necessarily church that mm-hmm. isn't a sermon that isn't a pot like a faith-based podcast i think because if they see that before going in they're automatically going to be turned off if they already know that they don't want exactly. to give their life to god exactly and i was i was thinking about there's this chapter in hmm, it's early in romans it was probably like one of the first three chapters i don't exactly remember the address of it but it's it talks about how God is literally in everything. And it's like his invisible attributes have been shown clear through um, like his creation. And like, I don't know, essentially this idea that God is literally in everything. Mm -hmm. And I think. (laughs) Sorry, yo, my dog. (laughs) Yo, Nova's wilding. That's funny. (laughs) So essentially what I was saying is like, so if God is literally in everything, then kind of going back to the point we made earlier about how although they weren't specifically naming Jesus, Jesus was in the movie. Like, mm-hmm. he's in everything. Even in a documentary about death experiences, God is there. So it's like, I'm not saying like all content is good just because the for the sake of like God's and everything. That's not what I'm saying. But I think stuff like this is still good even if it doesn't, the title isn't Jesus or they're not saying Jesus 100,000 times like God is in everything and i think i love i think it's a, it's beautiful and very creative that people can draw hmm can 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 sort of like draw this aspect out of a film or piece of content that's like showing god but isn't necessarily like throwing it in people's faces like in in a way that's like they're going to find it and they're going to see it hmm i don't know if i'm wording that well enough you get what i'm saying though (laughs) um no yeah that made sense i think in just a short sentence you could just say that just because it doesn't have god written all over it doesn't mean god can't be revealed through it because if he is in all things those who have a heart seeking for him wanting to find him he will be revealed to them through whatever it is. Exactly. Exactly. So you want to land this plane? Let's. Yeah, we can land it. You can land it. This is this is your 
You're the host. <laughs> Man, that's all we got. Um, thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me. I'm happy. That was good. I'm happy to be here. Many more. Well, it took about four months to get this one <laughs> happening, so maybe not many more. It took a while. It took a while, but we're here. But all right, y'all. The outro kind of got cut out from when we recorded so i guess i'm making an outro too but i hope you all enjoyed this and i can't wait to talk to y'all next time